0: Hi, this is Chris Foreman from Madness, and you're listening to the Stateside Madness podcast. Hi there, folks, have I'd like your to and
1: Hello, and welcome to the Stateside Madness podcast, the one and only podcast of the official Madness American fan service. I'm Laurie, along with my co-host Polly, here to bring you news, reviews, and deep dives into the nutty sound of the British pop band Madness. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stateside Madness. I'm Lori.
2: And I'm Polly.
1: So Polly, before we even get started, I just want to check in with you and see how are you feeling after the announcement that uh, the band is canceling the American tour.
2: Well, um, uh, you know, disappointed as I suppose most American fans are, but um, you know, I, I am hopeful. I think there's a, a lot of promise for twenty twenty three, but uh, I'm not quite willing to stick my neck out quite yet um uh you know i I, of course don't want to be a cheerleader for the band but uh, i don't know that anybody really wants to uh at this point say oh (laughs) 2023 is going to be great you know i I think Mm -hmm. everybody's uh taking a much more of a wait and see attitude about uh that part of the announcement than uh you know we've been uh willing to hope for the past couple of years so yeah. yeah You know, and uh, you know, and it's and it's a little stinging to see that uh, back in the UK, uh, you know, they're going to fill up their time on the dates that they would have been in the United States. Yeah. So you know, yeah. but uh, alas, if these things happen, they they can't help it. It's a pandemic, and what's going on in the world. So.
1: Yeah. I well, I still think it was a wise decision on their part, but yeah, I'm still, you know, I'm still broken up over it because, you know, I still have never seen them live. And actually a lot of people have been commenting on the stateside madness Facebook that uh this would have been their first chance to see the band live as well. So I hope they don't leave their American fans hanging. We want one chance to see them in our lifetime. So there you go. All right. Shall we move on to the communicator?
2: I think we should.
1: So one of the dates that you alluded to there, Polly Madness have announced that they will be playing an outdoor show in Rockwell Park, London on June 2nd. And that is actually the date they would have been at the show. You were going to Polly uh, Boston's house of blues, a little bit of background here. February, 2022 is Queen Elizabeth's platinum Jubilee. So she has been on the throne for 70 years. And in honor of that, they have announced, um, well, what they call over there, a bank holiday. If we called it a bank holiday here, everybody would be like, oh, whoop-dee, good for the banks, right? No, what that means is it's a federal holiday. So they've announced a federal holiday on June 2nd in honor of the Queen's Jubilee. And I guess the band thinking everybody's gonna be off of work anyway, they put out this uh, announcement that they're going to do a show they're calling jubilation. Now, the announcement they put out was a little bit confusing. And I actually reached out to one of our friends at MIS for clarification, because the statement actually said jubilation as Suggs gets a knighthood. And no, he did not get a knighthood. Uh, It was obviously supposed to be some kind of satire. So um, that's, uh, that's British humor for you, I guess. So
2: yeah, and if you see the video uh, online that, uh, you know, was released along with it, uh, they do have a woman uh, very, very close, uh, very much a doppelganger of Queen Elizabeth. So I actually watched the video, you know, it's all of a few seconds long, a couple of times, then realized that they wouldn't allow the Queen uh, in whatever park it is, Uh, without a whole host of people around if you watch a video it appears to be just like three or four people in it um so yeah i took me a second figured it out he is in fact that was not the queen and he is in fact (laughs) not knighted.
1: well you know i didn't watch the video until right before we started recording polly and uh at the very very end they do a little swap and the queen is played by tomo at the very end yes So that would have been the indicator right away, maybe if I'd watched it first. But uh, yeah, and so right now, all our British listeners are are listening. Ha ha, foolish Americans. And all the American people are like, what the hell?
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, there's a minute in there where it's uh, you could mistake it for being convincing. But alas, it is not. Uh, Well, anyway, speaking of celebrations, uh, January 25th uh, marked the second birthday of Stateside Madness. Uh, For those of you who don't know that uh, Stateside Madness was created, uh, uh, we had MIS reach out to us and they thought it would be fitting to have an American sort of fan club, fan service sort of thing uh, in time for the U.S. tour that was supposed to have been, I can't even remember now, 2020, it would have supposed to have gone off the first time. Uh, It's been a fantastic uh, undertaking for me. I've enjoyed it greatly. And um, I know Lori has as well. And we should also mention our friend Donald and Bobby, who um, help us out a great deal. It's been a fun ride. I seem to be just kind of rambling and uh, blah, blah, blah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it it has been a lot of fun. And it's really just taking us to some places, uh, metaphorically speaking, that uh, I never would have expected. But uh, yeah, so the formation of stateside madness as opposed to the podcast the podcast anniversaries in what august i think but the podcast is just a smaller part of the bigger picture so check us out at statesidemadness.com all right next up this is a fun one so a few episodes ago we had talked about Madness music videos and one of the videos we talked about was house of fun and a good portion of that video was filmed at an amusement park called Great Yarmouth's Pleasure Beach. Well, our friends over at Mad Chat, organized by Brian Dearman, are planning an event to coincide with the 40th anniversary of the single, House of Fun. So what they're doing on May 7th, they're having a gathering at Great Yarmouth, and a group of Madness fans are going to be riding the same roller coaster that our boys Road in the video, which I think is really kind of cool. And it also happens to coincide with the Ska Mouth Ska Festival, which is being held that same weekend in Vauxhall Holiday Park, which is also in Great Yarmouth. So there's going to be a lot of Ska fans around anyway. So that's kind of a cool idea. So I uh, kind of wish I could join them. I love roller coasters.
2: Yeah, I'd love, I would not want to join them on the roller coaster. I'd love to be there with them. And uh, the Scott Festival is uh, a fantastic one, from what I hear. I've not been lucky enough to go myself. But, um, yeah, have fun, guys. Let us know how it turns out. And I suppose moving on from that to something that's not nearly as fun, um, on the 27th of January, we got word that the Mighty Mighty Boston's announced that they are breaking up. Maybe you could say retiring might be a better uh, better word. The statement was fairly brief. Um, after decades of brotherhood touring the world and making great records together, we have decided to no longer continue on as a band. In early iterations of the US tour, the Boston's were gonna be appearing with Madness um, as support. So uh, there was gonna be a great chance to uh, see that band. Uh, If you haven't already here in the States, I've seen them multiple, multiple times. And uh, yeah, they're a fantastic outfit. Being here in New England, they were sort of uh, hometown heroes and uh, very gracious. They'd get done playing a set at a lot of the clubs around Boston, hang out after, be at the bar. You just sidle up to Dickie Barrett. Hey, how are you doing? Always willing to talk all, all around really, really good guys. So um, I'm hopeful that this is one of those they, uh, things they, they just decided it was that time in life, and maybe because you know touring and things are so difficult now, maybe it was just, uh, look, now's the time. Um, I'm hoping in the uh, weeks and months to come as we start to hear a little bit about it, uh, that this, this was an amicable decision, uh, we can hope
1: one other thing worth noting is um, the boss tones have actually cited madness as being a huge influence on them. So that I had mentioned to you, Polly, I know we, we've been kicking around an idea back and forth, you know, when Polly and I discuss ideas for episodes, you know, sometimes something will pop up and we'll mention it in conversation and we'll forget about it for a few months. And one of those ideas was an episode about American artists who have been influenced by madness. And I think maybe the time might be right, Polly, for us to uh, really seriously consider doing that episode because I think the boss tones are going to be a big part of that.
2: I would guess so. Yeah, that would be uh, a lovely idea. And we probably are well past due for doing that as an episode.
1: All right, I'm going to put my researcher hat on.
2: Okay, you do that. All right. What time is it? Showtime.
1: So you've just heard We Are Love. Now that was the B-side of the single Love Struck that was released in 1999. And We Are Love is what this episode is about. We called this episode Love Struck. Polly, this episode was really kind of your brainchild. Could you explain a little bit what this episode is going to be about?
2: Sure. So, you know, we're trying to time this in time for Valentine's Day. You know, and in uh, our capacity is podcast hosts and researchers for this stuff like that. I was a little um surprised I guess in spite of you know really knowing most everything that's been released on a madness album uh at the sheer number of songs that might classify as love songs that madness does. You don't really know until you go counting how many there are. So, you know, hey, it's timely there's a holiday coming up so we thought we would do An episode on love songs.
1: So, first up in our list of madness love songs is the song Prospects from the album Keep Moving in 1984. It was written by Suggs and Carl. Let's listen to a little bit. So this is an interesting one, I think, to kind of start us off with, because while it is definitely a love song, it might not be a romantic love song. We're not really sure who he's singing about, right? When he sings home, well, this is it. This is it, is this my heart? I miss you with all my heart. It certainly could be a romantic partner, but it could also be a family member. It could be a child, it could be a parent. There are certainly lots of uh, relationships, not necessarily just romantic ones, that this could apply to.
2: Yeah, I don't disagree. You know, it could even be a homesickness for all we know. Yeah, uh, it's it's a good song. Uh, you know, th- very uh, peculiar phrasing compared to a lot of uh, a lot of their other vocal deliveries, but uh, I, I like it. It's pretty endearing. Up next, we've got nw 5 Now, MW5 is a Tomo and Barson composition. Uh, if you remember, it comes off the album The Liberty of Northern Folgate from 2009. Why don't we take a listen? Yes, sir. All right, laurie So give us a little perspective on NW5.
1: Well, I know we've talked about this one in a number of episodes. We talked about it at length in the episode that we did on The Liberty of Norton Folgate. And it's really, it's a very beautiful song. It's a it, it, it's a relationship that has evolved to a certain point, right? And though we face the final curtain, one thing remains, that's for certain. I will love you all my life, but without you in my life. The singer is drawing a boundary, right? Yes, I love you. I will love you all my life, but I can't have this in my life right now. Whatever this is, and I think when we were discussing this, I think we determined that this was about one of um, one of Tomo's friends that had a drug problem or some such. But um, it, it it's really kind of bittersweet in that respect. What do you think of this one?
2: Well, I mean, it's a big, important song. For madness um you might argue probably their last um you know perhaps their last significant hit you know i i, I guess people would say my girl Two maybe would be one as well mr apples might be one as well but um you know it, it's a it's a song that really reestablished madness as still an act that at that point in their career could really still do quality work um, as the whole album Norton Fulgate did. So, you know, I, I do like it. I like it a lot. Um, it does have that chorus that is incredibly, incredibly catchy um, that you inevitably would find yourself humming if you just were thinking about the song. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to love. It's a fantastic song.
1: All right. Speaking of the liberty of Norton Folgate. Our next song is also off that album, That Close. And this was written by Suggs with Chrissy Boy. Let's listen.
2: Another one I think we've mentioned quite a few times on different podcasts, um, you know, a very solid effort, uh, very fitting in the uh, concept of the album. Uh, when you pull it out of the album, I think it loses a little bit just as a, 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 not necessarily a single, but just as a song by itself. You know, I think it's a it's a good effort, very solid song, but uh you know, it's not one that I would necessarily go back to over and over just to, you know, hear it. It's, uh, you know, not nearly as upbeat and nutty uh, as we would expect a lot of things and so far as a love song, maybe. Uh, it's also, you know, maybe a bit elusive there, not particularly direct um, in terms of, you know, establishing it's a love song, lyrically anyways.
1: You know, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think that it does stand alone. I don't think that it necessarily loses anything out of the context of the other songs on the album. Uh, I think that this is probably one of the band's high points as far as songwriting. I really do. Um, I love the idea of an out-of-control car as a metaphor for the relationship. I that's You don't see that a lot in songs. Maybe a little bit. I think Richard Marks did something like that and uh, should have known oh, better. Oh, but- God. But they madness does it so much better here. Come on, oh. come on. All right, yeah. No, you, you can't. Richard Marx does not hold a candle to uh, to madness.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. um, and I I do listen to this song quite a bit, and this is one of those songs that evokes for me a particular time and place. And this to me has just got some nice memories of warm summer nights, and and just kind of you know cruising and chilling and and. Yeah. So I, I, I disagree with you. So there.
2: Okay. Agree to disagree. Just don't mention Richard Marks again.
1: Okay. I promise.
2: All right. Up next, a cover that Madness did of the Scritti Politi song, The Sweetest Girl. It's from the album, Mad Not Mad, 1985. And uh, why don't we take a listen, Laurie? Yeah. All right, Lori. So let's hear your perspective on Sweetest Girl.
1: Well, this is another one I think you and I've talked about a lot in previous episodes. I am a huge Scritti Polity fan, especially their album Cupid and Psyche 85. Now, this original was prior to that. And it doesn't really sound like the original, which is good. It shouldn't, right? I think a band, when they're doing a cover, they need to make it their own. And I know that this particular song a lot of fans have a love-hate relationship with this particular song, but I love it, uh, especially in this context that we're talking about, about love songs, that line, the saddest boy in all the world, his life has got so lonely. So she broke his heart. So it, it he's just kind of pining for this sweetest girl that, uh, that he can't have.
2: Yeah. Um- it should it should be mentioned that Green Guard side is probably, I think, one of the more understated and underappreciated lyricists from the 80s. Um, due in part, I think people really, really mistook Scritti Politti for um that very saccharine, you know, 80s uh, uh, pop. Um in it for the money type of band uh they're they're not um you know they are auteurs no matter how you cut it i think they're just a fantastic group and and at the time i remember thinking this was a very peculiar song for them to uh for madness to cover um i probably didn't hear it right about in 1985 it may have been a couple years later but um At the time, I was really put off that they did it over time. I found myself like, oh, my God, this is it's it's practically hypnotic. It's it's really a well-crafted piece of pop music. Um, So you've got the lyrics um, like Art side that really make that song. And like you said, it's vastly different than the original. Um, The original is is quite ambient atmospheric sort of um, instrumentation. Madness took that and made pure pop out of it. And it was fantastic. Yeah, so in time, I've really come to love this song.
1: You know, something else worth mentioning too, since you did talk a little bit about Green Gartside side and, and Scritti Politti, a lot of their music was very Scott influenced. The word girl comes to mind off the top of my head. And then they actually did uh, another version of the word girl called Flesh and Blood, where they actually brought in a reggae artist to, to sing over it. So it's maybe not as unexpected as you might think, but if the only song, you know, by Scritti Politti is Perfect Way, which was the only song that really charted over here. And, you know, of course, you know, Green's got this beautiful angelic voice, but uh, yeah, it, it would definitely be very surprising. But if you know anything about Scritti Politti, maybe not so much. So, but it is still an amazing love song. And honestly, I think I like Madness's version better. Sorry, Green. (laughs) All right, so next up, we have a classic from their first album, One Step Beyond, written by Mike Barson. This is My Girl.
0: My girl's mad at me. I didn't want to see the film tonight. She thought I'd had enough of her. What can she say? She's lovely to me. But I like to stay in and watch TV on my own every now and then.
1: Polly, what can we say about my girl that we haven't already said? This is another one that we've talked about a lot.
2: Yeah, it's going to be going on a dozen times now. You know, I mean, it's a a hallmark. It's probably in the pantheon of madness songs in the top five, known by madness fans early and new. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's my girl is what it is. I don't know why uh, or why or how I would say anything else about it at this point.
1: Well, I I think I said in one episode, I coined the phrase introverts love song. And I really think that that's what this is. This is an introvert speaking, right? Why can't she see? She's lovely to me. But I like to stay in and watch TV on my own every now and then. So, yeah, very, very good songwriting.
0: I may not have anything to offer in return. I've longed for your loving since the day's first dawn. To keep in touch, let the family know the extent of how much I love you. growing off the rails in October wind, But all that's in the past, let me hear something that's going to last. Did you ever get to marry that man next door? Do you still while away your days smiling in a crystal gaze. Just... The sun shines through the open window. The empty side, the shadow. Shadow. My arm circles nothing at all. My fingers reach to touch the wall. Missing you when I'm away. Like to say almost quite
2: to hear your voice with me got no choice My day. so uh back to back there we had two songs we had soul denying and missing you now first soul denying that would have been a barson and thompson composition that's a pretty late one that's off the can't touch us now album from 2016 and What are your thoughts on it, Lori?
1: You know, a lot of these love songs are really songs of regret, I think. There's a feeling, I think, from this that this is somebody that he loved a long time ago. There's this line that he just kind of slips in. And if you're not paying attention, you miss it. Did you ever get to marry that man next door? And that's my favorite line of the whole song because he very clearly has strong feelings for her right if you feel love let it scream love don't grieve my love breathe my love i mean he he's he's got it bad but it sounds like things kind of went a different direction if she was engaged to be married to somebody else what do you think of this one
2: you know it's not my favorite um i don't tend to at this point um really get can't touch us now out very often and listen to it And that's not a slam on the album it's more or less you know maybe i'm of that age where i you know i i like what i like and i'm i don't know i'm done <laughs> so uh you know so i i do have a tendency to just stick to my favorite albums and you know when i do get out can't touch us now i i'm generally pretty fine with it uh but this song uh there's a couple of things that kind of bug me a little little bit they sort of um, electronic, uh, you know, synth bit towards the beginnings feels a little bit out of place to me, does not add anything, um, I don't think. And I I find the verses a a bit disjuncted, almost like um, they don't keep the same meter um, through the verses. I'd I'd have to actually probably listen to it uh, a little bit closely um, before I would say definitively, that the meter is all over the place. I don't know that anybody cares. If anybody does listen to it and wants to tell me I'm crazy, please write in. Don't email, don't text, don't message. If you're going to say I'm stupid, take pen and paper and send me a a letter. It's much nicer that way.
1: And we've already established, Polly, that the postal service by you is extremely reliable. Not. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so the second part of that little medley was missing you. So that was um, from 1981, off of the album Seven, written by Suggs and Mike Barson. Polly, what do you think of it? Uh,
2: All all in all, I think it's actually a fine effort. Um, The thing I like about this song in particular is I think it's um, really interesting bass playing on better's part. It really showcases the talent of this man. Yeah, I, I I think it's a, a all around decent song. Um, love the album, you know. It's right in there, in the middle of seven. Uh, nothing to nothing to not like about that. So this is one I, I I listen to a great deal.
1: You know, speaking of the album Seven, so we've never done an album deep dive on that one because we had agreed early on that we were only going to do American releases. But now that we've seen the tour is postponed into the unforeseeable future, um, it seems to me that at some point, you and I should go back and do deep dives on the imports, such as seven, rise and fall. Yeah,
2: I would, I would, I would think so. Uh, the idea that, um, you know, it, it may have been that we thought maybe we were only end up doing a year's worth of podcasts to begin with. But um, the idea that uh, there are really anything such as uh, US releases, UK releases, imports, anything like that, that just does not matter um, in 2022. You wanna hear something, you can either download it or um, everything's available to ship everywhere else. So yeah, I mean, I've had seven for a bazillion years. Um, I I have a hard time thinking of it as solely a uk album so yeah why don't we do that
1: <laughs> a, okay a, a bazillion years huh yes you, 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 you know you don't look at you don't look a day over a million you really don't
2: oh thank you yeah i appreciate that some people would argue about that and again if you're going to argue with write a letter
0: i'll be waiting at the station for you to arrive i take your hand and walk you home And if it rain we shelter in the hippodrome Yeah 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 And that's true sure. Well, I thought you were nice, I even told you so But you smiled so shyly and said to me I bet you say that to all the girls you meet But it isn't so Yes, the club
2: The first song we heard there was Sugar and Spice off of the Liberty of Norton Folgate, And that is a composition by Mike Barson. So, Lori, what are your thoughts on Sugar and Spice?
1: Boy, I feel like I'm repeating myself. So for the long-term listeners that have been with us since the beginning, I apologize because you've heard some of this before. This is a really, really beautiful song. Uh, Another one of my favorite songwriting efforts on Mike's part Uh, because it's so relatable, you know, young love, holding hands, taking shelter in the rain. And at some point it, it just kind of falls apart. Right. I, I find it very, very relatable because I married my first husband at 20, you know, and you think that this is your world. You think that this is your relationship, you know, and, I had my job working retail. He had his job, you know, it was, oh, it was romantic and this is gonna be forever. And as you grow up, you grow apart. And I think that that's kind of what 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 happened here. You know, um, where did we go wrong? That was a line from the song. Polly, what do you think? Any thoughts on Sugar and Spice?
2: Yeah, uh, well, it's it's a very solid offering. You know, I I think what's uh, remarkable about this song in particular is uh, they really, really nail the theme. It's very concise, um, and in describing, you know, the uh, the different nuances of, you know, Young Love and the whole bit like that, um, yeah, they, they really hone right in on it, they you know, fight the urge to be overly flowery in their, you know, lyrical writing. I mean, that's, that's I would argue, kind of a signature madness thing anyways. But I guess you'd say if you would compare it against what other artists might do, um, it would be just a shit ton of metaphor and on and on and on. But that's the gift of madness. They're generous enough to the listener to not uh, make their lyrics about what craftsmen they are. You know, uh, they just put it out there, and there you go. So yeah, I, I think it's it's pretty remarkable in how well they describe the situation that we've all been in.
1: So many of the songs that we're talking about today are written by Mike, and I've never met the man very limited communication with him online. But I've heard from some people that he comes off as being very kind of cold and aloof when you meet him. And that's just kind of his demeanor. But then all of these beautiful, conflicted emotions coming out in his songwriting. His songwriting is just absolutely gorgeous. So, you know, obviously he's not, you know, kind of this this icy facade that sometimes people talk about. There's an, a, a very tender, emotional core there. And he's going to hate me for saying that if he ever listens. Sorry, Mike.
2: Maybe, yeah.
1: So speaking of Mike Barson, another one of his compositions, Never Knew Your Name. And this is off of the 2012 album, Wee Wee CC, Ya Ya Da Da. Okay, so Polly, I know this is one you and I disagreed on when we were putting this list together. What are your thoughts on uh, Never Knew Your Name?
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I guess I, I had a hard time viewing it necessarily as a, a love song. Um, you know, because it's essentially about a couple of people who meet in a bar and maybe hang out for a little bit. And, and that's pretty much the extent of it. it it's, a, it's a fair enough song. Uh, a lot of people were really bothered by um, the fact that Madness did an uh, essentially a song uh, with you know a disco beat and a little bit in the way of uh, the same sort of instrumentation um i would argue that you know they were probably they were probably due um the fact that they did it in 2012 um means at least they weren't you know capitalizing on the disco movement um, so yeah you know it's 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 a reasonable enough song not one of my favorites really not even one of my favorites off that album but uh yeah you know it's a it's a fair enough fair enough effort
1: so i argued for keeping it in the episode because to me this is about unrequited love a misconnection you know yes he he met her at a bar yes he never knew her name but god the impression that she must have made on him that he's still thinking about this, still dwelling on this all this time later, right? Some people believe in love at first sight. I don't know that I do, but uh, what if this is what it was to him? She didn't feel the same chemistry, you know? Yeah, deep thoughts. Deep thoughts.
2: (laughs) So up next, it's a Chaz smash offering. Also off the album, Wee Wee CC Ya Ya Da Da in 2012, It's So Alive. When I first saw you, I knew them from the start.
0: You were the one I've been waiting for, the one who had my heart. I saw it in your eyes. In my day, you live my life You woke me up, my darling
1: songwriting really kind of seemed to take a turn. I think, uh, yeah, like right around 2010, 2012, this, this kind of era where I think he was getting a lot more introspective about things. And I know that he's had a few health scares. I don't know if that contributed to it or not, but it's very hard to picture 1979, Carl, who wrote, you know, don't quote me on that, writing something like this, once in every lifetime, you may find the woman you can love. Once in every lifetime, you get the chance to take a star from up above. And if you get the chance to find the woman of your dreams, then hold her to you close. Now, I, I'd have to look at the time frames. I, I don't know at what point in time his marriage ended. I don't know if this is uh, coincident with that or not. But, um, just he's really do you get what I'm saying am i am I making any sense here?
2: No,, uh, you are making sense if that was about the time, of course, well, this would have been the last album, I do believe it was shortly after um the album had been out, maybe a single or two was were out that um he announced in uh, in interviews for his solo album that he was. You know he was leaving the band and of course the solo album was all about the dissolution of his um his marriage so yeah i think he might be on onto something
1: all right well thank you for that so next we're going to reach a little bit further back into the catalog to the madness that was that 1988 project so the next song written by lee thompson Carl Smith and a guy named Ronnie West. Uh, this is I pronounce you.
0: Mother Father, wake up. You've overlooked one thing. The don't take your plan for four years, won't get to where you're in. the things should be running up into the dark of night. Straight into the hungry arms that long to hold her tight. Holy shroud, God's representative mumbles, sweated for crowd.
2: So I pronounce you, uh, I, I altogether, um, you know, probably one of the better songs I feel off of the Madness album. Um, it's not one I tend to get out very often as, as well, um, but I am also not one of the detractors to say, oh, this could never have been a good album or a good offering for Madness. Um, I, I'm actually quite, quite fond of the album, but you know, It's just one of those things. It's not in steady rotation with me, but I pronounce you, uh, yeah, really solid effort off of it.
1: Well, speaking of the album, The Madness, that's uh, being re-released on vinyl this month.
2: That it is. And I'm sure I'm probably going to get that on vinyl.
1: (laughs) I like this song because it's a love song, but it's very non-traditional. All right. It's, It's about a love relationship, I should say but it's about an arranged marriage and the woman does not plan to go through with it because she's in love with somebody else right mother father wake up you've overlooked one thing the daughter you've planned for for years won't get to wear your ring instead she'll be running off into the dark of night straight into the hungry arms that long to hold her tight So there is a very beautiful, strong relationship there. It's just not the one her parents want. It's kind of deep for a Madness song.
2: So the next song we're going to listen to is If I Didn't Care. It's written by Jack Lawrence. That's not a name that's necessarily going to jump out to a lot of listeners. But uh, the Madness version is off of the wonderful album from 1999. And some of you may have already figured this out. Uh, it's a cover by the song that was made famous by the Ink Spots back in 1939 so why don't we take a listen I know time
0: If I didn't care More than words can say If I didn't care Would I feel this way if this isn't love? Then why do I thrill? And what makes my head go round and round while well, my heart stands still? If I didn't. Come.
2: So, Lori, what do you feel about the cover of the Ink Spots if I didn't care?
1: Well, I actually went and sought out the original. I know, Polly, you're not really a big fan of a lot of music from that time period. I seem to remember when we were talking about um, Al Boli, you know, that that kind of time period. I I seem to remember you were not a big fan. This was interesting because the original is actually kind of a, it's almost pre duop and, and I'm hoping that maybe we can talk about that to a little bit more extent in a future episode. But again, here we have a cover, but madness have made it their own. The, the cover does not sound anything like the original. I think Betters' base is very strong here. And the sentiment is there. If this isn't love, then why do I thrill? And what makes my head go round and round while my heart stands still? I mean, you know, if you didn't know that this was a cover, you'd think that this is this is another madness composition. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that the boys write about. What do you think of If I Didn't Care, Polly?
2: Well, um, like you were saying with The Sweetest Girl, um, when you do a cover, um, you've got to kind of make it your own Now, those are your your words sometimes I do appreciate a fairly uh, fateful rendition uh, if people are doing a cover uh, they certainly did make it their own I don't know whether that suited them particularly well now um, in the ink spots version the whole thing that really makes that song is that high uh, vibrato trill Delivery in the title line. If I didn't care, I'm not going to do it now. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know that's the hallmark of that entire piece is the vocal delivery that the Ink Spots do on it. It's not necessarily the melody, although it's a very you know popular melody, very recognizable. It's not necessarily the instrumentation. Um, so you can play around with melody. You can play around with instrumentation. You can um, do a lot of stuff, but uh, the thing that is at the core of the song, which is the vocal delivery in this particular song, has to remain kind of in the cover. And they didn't do that. They couldn't do that. You would not get Suggs to do that. Um, so yeah, I, kind of, I feel it kind of falls a little bit flat. Hmm.
1: Okay. This is another one of those where I think we agree to disagree, but that's cool. See, that's why, that's why that this is so good that we do this right because you and I have very different perspectives well no really you and I have very different perspectives and i think that that makes it a little more interesting but also and i think some people might kind of give us a little bit grief for this sometimes being a fan does not mean that you just absolutely adore everything the band has ever done being a fan means that you can listen critically and that you can you know you can be honest and say you know what it was a valiant effort, but this particular piece does not work for me, right? So, good on you. That's right. <laughs> All right, so Polly, you are my everything.
2: It would it would stand reason.
0: I'm gonna say it again. Take your hand, do everything I can I'll care for you No matter what they say or what they do to me I'll always be around I'll never let you down You don't know how much I need you But I don't have to hear you say you need me to to what they say or what they do to me this much you can depend I'll always be your friend
1: okay so that was you are my everything also written by Mike Barson so Polly Tell us what you think.
2: I, I think it's a, it's a fine effort. Have I said that like three times or more in this episode? Um, it's not going to really ever be one of my favorite madness songs, but um, I kind of try to take um, a view of songs and albums that are late in my favorite band's careers. Um, if you get, you know, half of the album, six songs off the album, that you find that are enjoyable and their quality work then i think it's a it's a big win and i think this song really kind of you know pushed the the album over the uh you know over that line for me you know it 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 made the album quite good and you know i guess you gotta you gotta accept it for that you know mm-hmm.
1: this is another one of those songs i i think like um uh, like promises. And I think maybe one or two other songs we've talked about that this might not be about a romantic relationship. I mean, it might be, it may very well be, but it could also be a parent speaking to their child. You know, I'm going to say it again. I'll take your hand, do everything I can. I'll care for you no matter what they say or what they do to me, because you are my everything. That's what you are. And I would do anything. It could be very easily be a parent to a child or it could be a child to a parent. Love is more all encompassing than that. And, and there are different levels of love. Uh, elsewhere in this song, um, he says, you know you'll always be my friend. So this could also be, you know the, the strong love between friends. There's, there's some interesting things going on there. On that note, Polly, what's next?
2: So up next, we've got "My Girl" too, another Barson composition, and another off of the "Wee Wee C C Ya Ya Da Da" album from 2012. Let's take a listen. Wee
0: Wee C C Ya Ya Da Da. Wee Wee C C ya ya. Lately, I've been wondering about you and the things you do. I'm in love, but you drive me mad. Be so sad to be losing you last night when we had that fight in your car left me at the bar then i see her talking to her friends acting like she just don't care she has black, and how she move with such grace like she owned the space she's so fine she looks so cool got no time
2: glory my girl too
1: well i mean we've talked about this when we did the album review for we we cc i don't care for the song necessarily but it doesn't really matter for this episode because it definitely is a love song she's cool there's no doubt she's so fine she's all of mine i'm so glad she wants to be with me she got looks and personality you know so uh he's smitten he, he's very clearly smitten. He's got it bad for this gal. Um, what do you think of My Girl 2?
2: Well, I'm um, you know, already on record a bunch of times saying I really, really, really like it. Um, uh, this made the entire album really for me. Um, you know, it's not going to be up there. Uh, like, again, like I said earlier in the episode of, uh, you know, it's not in the pantheon of Great Madness songs um but there's to me there's nothing to be uh, ashamed about I mean I think it's a a great album still makes it into their sets regularly um so it's I think it's really well appreciated by the core fandom of madness
1: okay so next up we're going from fairly recent to way back believe me So that was from their first album, One Step Beyond, Uh, was written by John Hassler, one of the original members of the band, and Mike Barson. Let's listen. It's been a long time since we've talked about believe me polly what do you think of this one
2: well um i i am pretty happy with it but um one step beyond for me would have been the second madness album i listened to um having gotten absolutely is the the, the first madness album i ever I ever purchased um and one step beyond uh you know i continue to this day, just to listen to the entire album through. Um, And I think this really added a great deal to it. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it shows that they would still probably have uh, a long ways to go with their songwriting. You know, it's, it's a a bit basic, but um, yeah, you know, I'm always probably always going to like it.
1: And this is a love song, but again, it's maybe not a love song in the more traditional sense. So he's pleading with his girl not to leave because she's heard a rumor about him and somebody named Sue. Life without you, my dear, was dull, as dull as can be. I'm asking my love not to leave me in doubt, not to leave me in misery. So I always wondered what happened. Always wondered if, uh, if she left him. Or if they patched it up who knows right
2: okay so next up it's 4 a.m this is a song written by Suggs and Barson it is from Wonderful in 1999 however originally this was a song from one of Suggs's solo projects let's take a listen
0: you call me i'm sorry i hurt you i still
2: want you back it's Lori, your thoughts on 4 a.m
1: so here we have a a song there's two people involved terry and julie you know it's 4 a.m one of them is lying awake and uh filled with regret, right? It's four in the morning. Why don't you call me? I'm sorry I hurt you. I still want you back. God, who hasn't been there? You know what I mean? Who has not been lying awake at 4 a.m. going over in your mind all the things that you've done wrong in the relationship and how you hurt somebody and how you do anything to get that person back, right? I think we've all been there. It's also, I think, a very beautiful melody and a, a very beautiful song. I really like this one. Um, what do you think of 4 a.m., Polly?
2: Well, I was a fan. Um, I'm not going to say one of the few people, but um, we we all seem to remember when Suggs did his solo stuff. You know, it, it was almost as though some people weren't going to accept it out of spite. But I I really um, appreciated almost everything he did in the in the couple of solo works that he had. So I kind of already liked this song by the time Madness had done it. So yeah, I, I think it's it's a fine effort. And I think by the time, um, you know, they brought, you know, Madness into the mix, um, it really f- it flushed out the song quite nicely.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I do think that the the Madness version, I do like it better than the Suggs solo version. You use the words fleshed it out. I think that's absolutely right. I think the, the Suggs one, it feels like it's missing something, but. Um... All right, so that leads us to our last song for this episode, the one that I think comes to mind for all Madness fans when we talk about Madness love songs. It was a standalone single released in 1981, a cover of a Labby Sifra song, It Must Be Love.
0: I never thought I'd miss you half as much as I do. Every night, every day I know that it's you I need To take the blues away It must be love, love, love It must be love, love, love Nothing more, nothing
1: less Love is the best So, arguably, the band's best love song even though they didn't write it themselves. What do you think, Polly?
2: Well, I mean, this is probably the most uh, endearing song to the entire populace of of Madness fans than maybe any other song. Uh, Live, uh, you know, you just see these fans doing these wild... You know, uh, gestures, hand on heart, the other hand up in the air, like uh, delivering a Shakespearean line. People just ham it up during this song. It, it, it holds a peculiar spot uh, for Madness fans. Um, it's both revered as being, you know, yeah, like you said, arguably their their best love song. Um, And then uh, people are simultaneously able to have a little bit of fun with it and, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, make fun of the sentimentality in the song and the, uh, yeah, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's classic, classic madness.
1: You know, you were making me very sad.
2: Because you're just...
1: you're describing experiences of people uh people watching the live performance and i've never seen it performed live and now i realize i'm not going to so this oh, makes me oh don't
2: say that
1: oh this makes well i'm not going to this year how about that that's right okay but uh yeah this song will always have a special place in my heart because this is uh our, our wedding song me and and my my husband this was uh, our wedding song. And I imagine that that's probably very true of a lot of uh, Madness fans. I, you know, that, that this is their, their special song. So, so one of the things I've noticed as we were going through these songs is most of the love songs were much later in the band's career, like Norton Fulgate onward. There really weren't a lot of love songs from their earlier albums and those that were, were, I think from a, a different perspective, um, you know, either, uh, uh, like a, a relationship that's ending or, you know, the, the introverts love song kind of stuff. And I think that that's a reflection of how much the band have matured over the years. You know, their earlier stuff was more about, you know, uh, uh underwear takers and, you know, sillier things. And uh, again, that's, I'm not using that in a, a demeaning way. I absolutely love their sillier stuff. But they really have kind of grown into it and really have kind of matured as songwriters and as performers. So, Polly, uh, what is your favorite Madness love song?
2: Boy, that's tough. Uh, you know, through the episode, I didn't necessarily love all of them, but the only two that uh, I think I gave really rousing approval of would have been My Girl, too and it must be love but i guess if uh you're gonna make me pick i'm gonna say uh it must be love okay only only because it, it ranks so high up there as a popular madness song
1: okay you know i think mine just in terms of sentimentality of the meaning all right not not the melody or, or, you know, the, the, the lyrics or the catchiness or anything like that, but just in terms of getting me right here, I would say Sugar and Spice for me. For me, I, I mean, just because it's just so, so relatable. I mean, it just, ah, you know, the memories of, of past relationships and stuff. So, so that was interesting. I'm glad you suggested the, uh, Love Struck episode. Now interestingly enough we actually did not play the song Love Struck, did we?
2: No, uh you know as uh, as I'm sure everybody knows Love Struck is more or less sort of like a Trojan horse. Uh it's not really a love song at all.
1: Yeah, it, it, if it's a love song, it's a love song to alcohol.
2: But that's a Which, topic
1: for another episode.
2: <laughs> uh yeah, sure. I, I buy alcohol something every Valentine's Day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is it for yourself or for the missus?
2: <laughs> well, uh, well, uh, you know, for probably more for me. Um, <laughs> but but ha- of course, happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. We hope you uh, enjoy it. We hope you get yourself uh, or your significant other at present in time. or if you yeah. got your Valentine's shopping done
1: my valentine's what shopping yeah we we don't do that (laughs) (laughs) we don't do that um you know a a nice dinner is usually the extent of it uh since the pandemic started it's usually a nice delivery dinner but uh yeah we we haven't figured out where we're gonna order yet so (laughs) all right well uh, I guess that brings us to the end of the episode and our closing song. So we talked a little bit about My Girl earlier and My Girl is quite possibly the most covered of all of Madness's songs, right? Tracy Ullman covered it, Pet Shop Boys covered it, Nouvelle Vague, lots of, lots of famous covers. Well, I happened to cross this version. It's by a Swedish ska punk band called Skanker. Now, Skanker has been around since 94. Uh, This particular track was recorded for a Madness Tribute album in 96. And uh, I like it. It's, you know, we talk about the importance of taking a song and making it your own. Well, these Swedes have certainly done that. So we're going to end it with My Girl by Skanker. And on that note, it's a goodbye from me.
2: And it's a goodbye for me. Go get a beer, stateside madness.
0: My guess, madam. Man. Didn't want to see the film tonight yeah, I found it hard to say She thought I had enough of her being on the telephone for an hour, we hardly said a word, I tried and tried but I cannot be heard, why can't I explain, why do I feel this pain, cause everything I say she doesn't understand, she doesn't realize. Really